And again, in long-term committed relationships, your values are going to align pretty strongly if you're going to have a thriving, really successful marriage, even if there's variances of those. But this is one of those that if it's not aligned close enough to bring peace and comfort and assurance, you're never going to get to that deeper level of soul-to-soul connection. You're not going to be able to trust it. Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen anderson Abril here with my co-host, Pastor Elliot Anderson. And Love and Life is your place to hear conversations grounded in psych research, psychotherapy, and biblical truth to help us thrive in love and life. This week, Valentine's Week, we are in the midst of our series on the five love languages, which is a model that was created by Dr. Gary Chapman. It's been around for a while now and has been so incredibly helpful for so many couples. I know you've worked with many couples who've benefited just from this very seemingly simplistic way of understanding the way that we want to give and receive love. And so often we don't understand that. We just assume that other people want to receive love the way that we want to receive love. And so we give love to our partner, oftentimes not realizing that particular language we are giving the love through is not really resonating with them. To celebrate Valentine's Week, we're giving away a copy of Dr. Gary Chapman's classic book, The Five Love Languages. To enter, just rate and review Love and Life on Apple Podcasts between February 13th and February 24th. Take a screenshot of your review, post it in your Instagram stories, and be sure to tag me at Dr. Karen, D-R-K-A-R-I-N. The winner will be picked at random and will receive the book plus a few Love and Life freebies. Elliot, let's talk today about quality time. And what do you see with your couples? Time is the one thing we can't get back. We can make more money. We can we can do a lot of different things in this life. But when it comes to time, it is a finite resource. So I can see it being a really precious resource and a precious way of giving and receiving love. Yes, yeah, we talked about in the power dynamics, time manages us, we don't manage time. That's an important difference in a paradigm perspective to recognize it's going to continue to march on and move forward. So it's an automatic issue in couple relationships, marriage, dating, partnership of any kind. So just like we talked about the substantial foundational element of words of affirmation being baseline primary for all these love languages, I think there's a reason Dr. Chapman put quality time next because mm-hmm. I think that's the next element. It's probably the element out of all these we maybe discussed the least unless we have one who's a timely tasker and one who's a freelancer. And then, of course, the time variables are all over the place. But one of the couples I was with last week, pretty deep, conflictual stuff for a long time, recovering through addictions and affairs and pretty substantial stuff. We recognize the baseline need for time adjustments and basic scheduling and basic movements as they're kind of starting over, starting anew. We don't talk about returning to something when it's been that painful, but building a new foundation and this time element was critical. And once we dove into it and looked at all these different measures of how time is used or how we use time as it's available to us, we recognize some pretty big fault lines and how time was treated, the philosophy behind the time and then quality time. And when you have two, three, four children, that makes an enormous difference. So the time elements I think are vast and I see it almost as regularly as I do with affirmation of words. 
Okay, two things I want to circle back to. One, you mentioned that time manages us. We don't manage time. So I'd like to hear more on that. And then also you talked about the timely taskers. And so anyone who's listened to the prior episode will be familiar with that. But for someone who's jumping in right here, give us a little bit more on that term as well. Yeah, I'll start with the timely tasker. So timely tasker is somebody who is punctual and even regimented about all time variables. So being on time for something is extremely important And if they're late for anything, it's like a strip of their own identity. They feel shame and darkness and and fear. And so if you're partnered up with someone who's a time tasker and you're perpetually making the two of you late for something, it's going to completely disrobe them. That's a time tasker. A freelancer with time is someone who just, whatever, dude, we're good. It's like the Chicago song. Does anybody really know what time it is? It's someone who's, (laughs) who cares if we get somewhere... Church starts at 9.30, we're there at 11, that's fine. I don't know anything about that. I know you don't, you're not that far. You're like me, a commodity explorer, someone who likes to manipulate as many things as possible within a time dynamic. That's more you and I, but. You're calling me a manipulator. At time, yes. So that's the time variables I'm talking about there. The fact that time manages us and we don't manage time is, I usually compare it to finance, is that we can actually take money and use it and make it exponentially greater with investments and stocks and selling things and all the free market. We can't do that with time. You can't take an hour and say, I'm going to make it two hours. I'm going to make it right. 20 hours. I'm going to make it 300 extra days. There's, it just doesn't happen. It's Ecclesiastics. There's a time and there's a season. And that's just the reality. So it sounds like a general statement, but it is pretty profound. And so when we look about how are we navigating our time individually and as a couple, that philosophy of how we consider it is huge. So for you and I, who are commodity explorers, meaning we love to squeeze as many things as possible, even if it makes no common sense at all, right? We're both married to people on that other side who are time taskers and schedule makers. And that's been some tension. Now, I think my wife and I have that figured out. We're 33 years in. I think you're still navigating that as you yield to your husband's side. But when we're talking about even a date, our quality time, can we have a date together? What does that look like in dating and partnership and marriage? If someone values this quality time as a major component of the romantic connection, then a date of 25 minutes is not, they might want the entire evening. I want to be together from 5.30 or 6 to 11. And if they're small children, maybe that's 10 o'clock or something where someone else says quality time is important, but I feel connected to you. I got a bunch of business stuff, a lot of work I got to do after the date. Let's just go get a quick bite, talk for a while, and then come home and the date's over. That's just a small little nuance in the difference of how time is valued in that component. Yeah. And it makes me think about, like you're saying, when you have the realities of life, and I think that's just so common. And I love the expression. I wish I'd come up with it, but I didn't. But date your spouse. Mm -hmm. And no matter what love language we're talking about, how do you identify your partner's love languages? And then give that love in the way that they want to receive it like you did when you were dating Mm -hmm. and that quality time that precious time and i'm you've talked a lot about the students at judson i remember that too being at judson with boyfriends and thinking we didn't have enough time together because we had exams and Mm -hmm. they had sports and hearing from alum saying oh no actually (laughs) this is probably as much or more time as you'll ever have together because actually real world real life post-college is even more demanding of your time So it makes me think about how, like you said, no matter what love language you have, there is that divvying up, managing of time that 
really communicates a lot. I think about now people who've been married for years and they because they don't have that that impulse to date each other anymore, so to speak, they may not be as generous with their time. These guys who you hear the golf widows, the guy, mm-hmm. he, they're 25 years in and he doesn't court her anymore. And golf does become a priority or some other hobby of his. Yeah. And the time variable is not just time, just not, okay, Karen, you and Dan are going to go do this together. That's a quality time event together. Even if it's something that Dan's business, that it's, he's primarily in business mode, but you're still the wife and that connection, or he's on a tour with us and we go speak somewhere and he's with us, but it's primarily you. That's one element of quality time, but the other is how you value the time you have mm. and what you do within that time frame. Yeah. And so if you value together, we're coming back to values, if you value together a clean house and you have Sunday afternoon available to clean, one partner starts to clean, the other doesn't, now the quality time is about our manufacturing or our managing the household and those variables play just as importantly as date night or no date night. Mm-hmm. What your partner does with their time impacts the partner, even if it's golfing, even if it's something fun, even if it's doing something together. So I think that's another nuance that if couples or partners think just about quality time together, they're missing a huge part of this time issue. And I can think the disconnect too would be sometimes, let's say, let's go stereotypical, the man's working extra hours to provide for the family and he derives a lot of meaning being the provider and certainly the family benefits from his provision. But his wife is thinking, I'd rather you not make that extra money. I'd rather you come home and be with me. And that kind of mismatch can Absolutely. happen. It's huge. And yeah. talking through it and it's a vulnerability for one of the partners to say, I don't feel like we're together enough or we're not receiving the time or we're not using our time in the same way as those vulnerable steps of communication that have to happen to build true soul to soul intimacy. And again, you and I teach pacing, so we're not talking mm-hmm. about second date, third date, no. diving into how your boyfriend, potential boyfriend, girlfriend manages time. That's not a good idea. But once you're into the commitment stages, then yeah. these things got to be worked out a little bit and discussed a little bit. And sometimes the time issue is linked up so directly with the words of affirmation issue, they can't be separate. So I've had a lot of spouses, a lot of men in my office say, but I was with my wife all night long. But he didn't say jack squat. He was just there watching a game or on his computer or doing some work. But he felt the proximity of his person Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. was enough to bring in quality time. But it's not. The quality time has to be engagement, has to be connection, has to be commitment if it's to be in a couple. And if it's about what's separately going on in the transactional management areas of the home life, then in some case you want to talk through, hey, I think I'm going to do this for a while. And I think I'm going to do this for a while. Are you going to do that? Or we'll do these things separately. I know some listeners might think, oh my goodness, the level of communication Elliot and Karen are prescribing is ridiculous. And I would just challenge them back to think, do you want a great marriage or you just want to survive it? Yeah. Or do you want to move on? And once you get these habits forming, they're actually quite quick. And so I've told this many times to listeners that my wife, who's very much like your husband on the time and management, Mm -hmm. maybe even more so Mm -hmm. in certain areas than Dan, every single night and every single morning, we're walking through both our schedules. I used to hate it, and now I love it. Mm-hmm. Half the time when I'm reciting through it, like I did this morning with her again, even though I'd just done it last night and wonder why we had to do this again, <laughs> I remember something I didn't remember before. Mm. And so then we're able to talk through that. And often because of her left brain style, organizational, structural gifts, she can help me manage my time as I'm trying to function and not be too much of a commodity explorer. 
because I now yield to her and say, hey, does that sound like a good idea? Or should I shift this? Or she'll say, hey, you just said you have a client at six at our house and a client at seven at Judson. How are you doing that? And I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Totally yeah, forgot. Right. And so, boom, I'm on the phone quick, texting with a client. Hey, I messed up my scheduling tonight. Can you either do a Zoom? Can I switch you to my house? All those things, if I didn't talk through it and we weren't looking at time as a couple to evaluate and assess how we're doing, stuff can happen. As you're speaking, I'm thinking about the idea that once you really have that understanding of how you're wired and how your partner's wired and certainly the love element that we are focusing on today, but also then deferring to each other and as you're talking, I'm thinking, I do that with Dan, because here's the thing, as we've talked about, time isn't that big of a deal for me. I'm not saying that's a strength, but in this case, it can be because I can defer to him easily. And so I'll say something because, you know, we're just cute like this. I'll be like, honey, it's Saturday morning. How can we make your dreams come true today mm-hmm. <laughs> with yeah. your Saturday? <laughs> just to be silly and playful yeah. about it, because I really don't care. I've got 10 things I need to do, but I don't really care the sequence or the structure mm-hmm. And if he's got errands to run too, let's run them together and have some just that yeah. that that partnership time. Or would it be better to divide and conquer? And I'll just let him arrange that, which he's good at. And it's also a way for me to say, hey, I deferred this to you and then have some fun with it. Yeah. And I think so for our listeners on the varying scales of commitment or in relationship, I think as it progresses, you bring time more to the forefront And you only bring the time issues to the forefront if those word of affirmations, words of affirmation are strong enough that you're feeling affirmed, appreciated, and accepted enough to move on. So if you're not getting appropriate words of affirmation and connection, and it doesn't feel at least stable in the level of commitment you're in at this moment, then this quality time issue is going to be a moot point. I've got a great example of that because when Dan and I first were dating, so getting back to these early days when we don't we didn't have a commitment at that point and we didn't have that knowledge of each other. And I was supposed to pick him up from the airport one time when I was still living in the city and he flew into Midway and I was late and I could tell he was really miffed. I had been with some friends and some friends were talking about some deep issues. Well, I got caught up being present with my friends talking about some deep stuff. And so I explained that to him and he was still initially irritated, but then sure. he's, he started understanding this is the woman I love. This is her heart. She's not going to just rip herself away from someone who's sharing vulnerable disclosure and she's providing support because to her mind, 10, 20 minutes of me waiting at the airport is balancing it out. It was more important. And when I explained my heart, he was able to affirm me for that. So then I felt validated, like he's understanding where my heart is. I wasn't trying to be just irresponsible or inconsiderate to him, but there was another value at work. And once he could affirm me for that, and he's told that story in the future, just with when we get to talk about with other couples, here's how our journey has been. And then to your point, that word of affirmation, then that he sees me, I'm seen, I'm understood, I'm loved, I'm valued. Then I could be like, okay, you affirm me with this value of mine. And the time value isn't a big one for me. And now I can turn that over to you. Yeah. It's a great motivator for a relationship to be affirmed and acknowledged first that he had a right to be irritated. Absolutely. Yep, for sure. But then to affirm what happened and why this happened and, and to understand each other deeper about that. And then once we get to that level of understanding, now we have further responsibility. So now it's recognizing, say it happened six weeks later because he flies a lot. You had to go back and pick him again. And you're starting to get in a conversation with one of your friends and starting to get deep again. This time now you put the brakes on. Totally. Say, hey, sister, love you a lot. 
I got to reconnect. I, I want to get to the airport for my husband. I'll even call you tonight on the way home and yep. we'll walk through it. So yep. perfect example for you on how that worked when it's initiation. But as your relationship grew, you just can't keep doing it over and over again. Oh, that's very true. Because then my shark wife, <laughs> shark is the very confrontive, assertive, confrontational personality, which my wife has, which I'm very thankful. She would say something like, I affirm your heart 100%, but stop, put me ahead of these people right now. So mm -hmm. there's that combination. The first time, second time is fine. And that becomes a big issue with quality time. Because I've said this before, if you continue to dismiss or deny the importance of time in your relationship, whoever's on the side of timeliness and schedules is not only going to be hurt and offended, they're going to eventually have contempt for the one they love. Because hmm. it feels like, hey, you are completely blocking something that is truly important to me as a person. And we can't be in committed relationships, not even romantic ones, just committed friendships of any kind and keep doing that to someone. It's a disregard for who they are. It's not authentic sharing and partnership. I That word disregard of who they are. And so many of the women in my community and our community, and I felt this when I was single too, I just wanted to be seen. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be, I want someone to get me and to value me. And so when you say disregard and in your most intimate relationships, feeling disregarded, even if it's not disparaged, it's not that yeah. It's not that deep, but I, I shouldn't say deep. It's not that nastiness that would come mm -hmm. with a disparage, but you're saying feeling disregarded and then eventually contempt. So Yeah, that our that values more. aren't the same and my value is more important than yours. Okay. And again, in long-term committed relationships, your values are going to align pretty strongly if you're going to have a thriving, really successful marriage, even if there's variances of those. But this is one of those that if it's not aligned close enough to bring peace and comfort and assurance, you're never going to get to that deeper level of soul to soul connection. It's, you're not gonna be able to trust it. And when all the couples, not all, but many marital counseling relationships start with me in a singular fashion, and that's not marriage counseling. I'm counseling the wife, I'm counseling the woman, a wife of a man who is not valuing this time to get healthy in the marriage relationship, even if they're very supportive, paying for it, anything else, that's fine. But if you're saying, well, we have some issues in our marriage, why don't you go get help? That's right there. That's a, a commitment statement, even when they're supportive of the counseling, if it's a marital issue we're talking through. So I tell the people or the young women or the young men, hey, we'll refer to this in a marital context, but I can't do marriage counseling with one person. So I'm doing individual counseling about marital issues at times, but we're gonna focus on you individually because you can't do quality marital work and quality time together as a couple without the other partner there. Well, and the partner who's not coming is basically saying, it's your issue. Deal yeah. with or it. I don't, I'm okay where we are. Yeah. I'm okay if it's average. I'm okay if it's not fun. I'm okay if it's, or I'm just not that committed long-term. I'm willing to consider other options. And that happens with parents and couples that have three, four or five kids, not just newlyweds or people three years in with no kids. If you're interested in processing further as you align your mind, body, and spirit, we're here for you. Head over to loveandlifemedia.com and click on the Work With Us tab. There you can book individual or couples sessions. Or sign up for one of our support groups. Purchase one session or a multiple session package. We'd love to work with you. Sign up at loveandlifemedia.com. All right, so let's get concrete, Elliot. So you've got a couple. 
We know that one of them values quality time. That's their love language. The other, it's not that big a deal. The tension you're going to see, what are some brass tacks, some steps to address this and help the person who quality time isn't their love language find ways to give that because they do, in fact, want to love their partner the way the partner wants to be loved. It's going to be a bit of a journey to get there, but I think you'll appreciate it. So I teach abnormal psychology and we talk about what makes behavior abnormal. Is does it cause distress? Does it cause dysfunction? Is it potentially even dangerous? Some of these factors in a partnership relationship, if our normal behaviors are causing distress and dysfunction and possibly dangerous to the commitment, we got an issue. Right. And so it's not that you are individually being abnormal, but if the way you handle time on your own or in the couple relationship, especially if the quality time is an important value for one of you and it's causing those things, then we have to identify it and start talking. So it's similar to what we've been talking about anecdotally, some of the stories with our own relationships. It has to be something, I think once one of the partners knows the commitment level is decently high, I'd like this to continue, then it's gotta be one of those topics that's just brought up. And it's best if it's brought up in a non-negative way. Hey, by the way, you really tick me off every time you're late. That's not a great way to start this conversation. It's better to sit down and go, hey, let's have a date or let's even sit around the kitchen table or drive around Chicago and talk about how we use time, how time uses us, what we want to do about time, even planning out some structures and movements. In my premarital work, one of the first assignments for couples after session one, number one, when we go through Genesis 2, 22, 23, 24, 25, all about the structure and ordination of God and marriage, one of the assignments, which is so practical, is choose your holidays and traditions and birthdays for the first year of your marriage. Write them down, how you're going to value these things, how you're going to choose where you go, which family, which friends, which couples, and then you're going to communicate it to both mothers. (laughs) Good times. And every single time, probably every single time, it might be a bit stretched, but at least nine out of every 10 couples, it triggers something instantly. And the couple I just did Sunday afternoon, session number one, they just started laughing. They said, we just went through all this, a huge fight in the family because we had not communicated specifically what we're going to do for this Christmas birthday season. And then both mothers were really upset and they're both great godly people. I know both mothers. They're awesome. So it had nothing to do with really controlling mean women or anything like that. This was just the context again of the time variable. And that maybe is something we haven't touched on. The quality time issues doesn't just impact you. It impacts your kids. It impacts your parents, impacts your friends, your commitment to church, all those things. And so they talked out and they are like, oh, we were already starting to do this a little bit. And I said, great, communicate it out, get them down very specifically. It doesn't mean you can't flex on these or change them, but you're starting to put some process to the time functions coming that are important that are speaking values and connections moving forward. So that might sound ridiculous if you're on your fifth date to do that and you shouldn't. But you can still start to navigate and pay attention to the time issues. So if you're a timely tasker or schedule maker who likes things very diligent and very specific and structured in your time, and your date that you're enjoying and you're having some good conversations seems to be good verbal affirmations and connection, but they've been later or not stayed as long as you wanted for five straight dates, that needs to be brought up Mm. because that value is too important for you. And so to ignore that or deny that, it's just going to build issues that are going to force them out other times. And all of a sudden you're not acting the same way. You're not going to be aligned anymore. 
So we're saying to communicate and we're saying to specifically communicate. And if your listeners have never done the love language test before, go online and take the test and see where it is and recognize where do I land on this picture? Where do I land on this page? And it's not just about the relationship time. It's time in general. Yeah. And since we're covering folks who are early days of dating, like you said, date five, it's going to look quite different than mm-hmm. year five of marriage or year 25 of marriage. And so I always encourage as you're dating, you're gathering information, communication's key, but I'm also not going to communicate asks for something mm-hmm. of someone I'm dating when I'm just gathering information, not asking them to be someone that they aren't. That's that tension yes, it there. Is, it is a difficult one. Yeah. And it is. And then it, as we talked about, we Like you said earlier, we talk about pacing. And so once you are exclusive, now you have a little more permission to ask for what you want. But you're still, until you're married, you're still going, is this person a really good fit? fit? Because we don't want to make it that hard. Mm -hmm. Marriage is... Hard enough. Right. Long and provides enough challenges. So Mm -hmm. we want to hope that we are... We want to look for someone with whom we are both wired to be a nice, easy fit. That being said, we still will need to then communicate in marriage to make sure that we are getting back to what we talked about earlier as well, continue to date one another. And every transition in life needs a recapitulation of your time values and what the quality time looks like for the season. You were working 60 hours a week in a corporate job. You get laid off. You start your own business. Now you're working at home and you're working even more hours, but there's a different dynamic. Your spouse might think or your partner might think, oh, they're more available to me. And you're saying, I can't be. You have your first child, major transitional time issues in the household. You have your second, your third, your fourth, each time, major transitions. And those things got to be talked about and discussed and shared. Hey, our time variables are changing. Our time needs are changing. That young mother with two small babies needs time away from you and the children. That might be quality time for her (laughs) in the season if she wants time with you. So there's all these transitions It should just be regulatory for us as couples and partners if there's a big transition just to bring up the topic ahead of time so much better than waiting for a big crisis and then diving in and now you're intense and feeling defensive rather than saying, hey, it looks like your job's changing in the next six months or it's going to change next week. Let's talk about what that variable looks like and Mm -hmm. what will you need from me differently? We can always phrase it, hey, I want to serve you. So what? how will we do this change in a way that's going to be beneficial for both of us time-wise? And I'm thinking also, once you're married, your time is not your own. and you just Automatically to, shared. You just have to acknowledge that. And then throw in a couple of kids and you're like third, maybe fourth <laughs> or fifth. It does. It's a big shift. And then the individual needs need to be shared even more. Because once you have dependent children looking up to you and their time needs become over your time needs, it's just if you're going to be a good parent, that's going to be the reality a lot of the time, not all the time. Then we got to discuss again, what do I need individually? What do we need as a couple? What do we need with our friendship groups, church groups? It becomes more of a nuance, more specific, more intentional each step of the way. Let's clarify that, however, because that's not to be said that the parenting role comes above the spouse role. There are two different subsystems Mm -hmm. within the family, and the marital subsystem needs to be at the top of the hierarchy. Has to be priority. And that's something mothers struggle with quite a bit. I see it a lot where women will start With the best intentions, I want to be the best mother for this vulnerable little creation of mine and then put the husband on the back burner. And whether his love language is quality time or not, that is not good parenting because I remember Professor Shea saying it, the job of a father is to love the mother of his children. The number one job of a father 
is to love the mother of his children. That marital hierarchy must maintain prominence. Absolutely. And God's word clearly teaches that. The marriage videos that we've had or that can be available on site would talk you through that in a very theological manner. And that's great recognition and remembrance, Karen. So again, just the need to talk through that. Right. And even to be able to say to your spouse, your partner, hey, it feels like the kids are getting all the best time. Mm. Can we work out a way without now attacking her or him? Mm. Can we work out a way so we make sure we're getting our own time or getting some secluded time? Or I want to make sure you get your own time out of the house, even husband or wife, to make sure that these time variables are in sync. And they're going to change quickly with young kids. Or one kid gets flu, the whole time system's jacked up for at least 36 hours. And then you got to regroup and you both start losing sleep and all these variables Mm. become critical. Mm. It's a lot of communication. And remember those building intimacy in our words, the affirmation, acceptance, appreciation. Along the way, I appreciate how good of a mother you are, hon, but I'm feeling a little neglected. I don't feel like I'm getting enough of your time. The more you practice that instant need clarification language I teach, the more you practice that, the easier it gets. It just seems really intimidating. A woman in my office at eight o'clock this morning was just talking about that whole thing. Like, why am I scared to speak truth and grace and love with my husband of 16 years? This shouldn't be hard, but she hadn't practiced it. And now the more she's doing it, the better it feels and the more authentic she feels and the more these issues now are rising up to the top in a way that they can be worked through without fights, without conflict, without separation. So you just said instant need communication. So you're saying right there in the Instant need clarification is what I call it about, but the communication works. So it's the ink. So what is the need I have with this time variable? I'm feeling neglected by my spouse. We'll just say it that way or by my partner. What do I need within that? I need some time with my partner. I need to first share with my partner that I'm feeling this so that it's on the table. And then now let's communicate about how we can resolve. The busier your life, the more little humans in your house, the quicker you have to be in that connection because you might only have 45 seconds before little Elliot throws a a shoe through the wall or attacks his little sister. And then boom, there's the marriage conversations over. So you got to do it quickly. And that trust and the words of affirmation, you build and build, you can get to these things pretty succinctly. And for all my introverted laid back brothers out there who's saying, uh, one conversation, my wife wears me out. How can I do 15 of these in one day? Because trust me, if you get to the point where it's open and clear and clean, it can go pretty quickly. And your spouse will trust it, even if she's a more external processor. So you're advising people to take stock in that moment and try to speak to it very quickly. Learn to identify as quickly as you can. And it takes practice. I was going to say that I could see that being tough for a lot of us because slow processors or sometimes I'll feel something. I'm like, I want to sleep on this because I don't want to come with. And with women in particular, Karen, (laughs) I would fight that. Your instincts are almost always aligned. Your corpus callosum is not (laughs) damaged. The connector of the two hemispheres. And so to trust those instincts, I teach that to women all the time. I'll I'll ask them, what was your instinct on this? My instinct was do exactly this, but I didn't. Two days later, I had to do it. And I said, Mm -hmm. okay, trust the instinct. It doesn't mean our instinct won't come off emotional, dramatic, or too passionate at times. And that's okay if it's really you. If it's not manufactured manipulation, if it's just authentically you, you're passionate, dramatic at times, woman or man, share your heart and release it. It still builds the authenticity, the trust, the instantaneous need that's there. Because what happens if we don't share those? They build up, they build up, we get resentment, we get apathetic, we get discouraged. All of a sudden, we're not wanting to be around our kids or our spouse anymore. And then we're thinking about, maybe I don't even need this family. Maybe I don't even this marriage. It sounds crazy, but I trust me, I sit in couples, I sit with couples in my house and they say those very things. Mm-hmm. And we go back and find out it started with the dishes mm-hmm. or it started with being late 
these simple measures. Quality time's a big deal. So just to recap, I like that we're seeing time and you said it, that Dr. Chapman probably put it second for that reason, because it is also one of these ubiquitous things that, and like we spoke to at the top, it's finite. So we only have so much. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about time. You're talking about even when you are together, what's actually happening. Just being in the same room may not cut it for quality time. If mm-hmm. the wife or the husband is wanting more interaction in that moment, just him watching the game, like you said, or playing video games, that's not going to cut it. So then looking at the type of time that you're giving each other, being mindful of that. Also, as you said, as seasons of life arise, you're going to have to renegotiate all Mm -hmm. of this. And yes, there will be time, intensive amounts of time that will go to children and to external family members or extended family members, I should say. That's also a reality. But at the same time, keeping that marriage and the marital hierarchy, marital subsystem at the top of the hierarchy with all the love languages, but certainly with time as well, is key. Yeah, and another massive one, just to end on, at least from the family systems context, the number one issue I work with, with couples when they're retirement age is time. Wow. Especially for former executives or former school teachers that are so used to regimented time, and now all of a sudden there is none, it freaks them out. Think how I will be when all of a sudden I don't have 17 jobs. I can't imagine. I, I can know happen. why dad didn't stop <laughs> yeah. until his brain stopped him. Yeah. Because he couldn't. I'm not sure I'll be able to either. And I'm thinking about that. I'm still a ways away from it, but I'm still thinking about the process. But many couples that are struggling, one of the partners will say, everything was fine until she retired or everything was fine until he retired. Mm. And now this time variable is wide open. And we think we're going to be all productive, do these things. But if we don't talk through it, negotiate it, navigate it, it'll eat you a lot. Yeah. So it's all levels of family system. And the family life cycle. That's right. Yeah. We'd love to connect with you further via our weekly newsletter. Joining the Love & Life family gets you first access to bonus content and flash sale pricing for books and consultations. And when you sign up, you'll receive Karen's Empowered Dating Playbook or my Empowered Marriage Playbook. Head over to loveandlifemedia.com to join the Love & Life family. All right, let me pray for our quality time issue. Heavenly Father, thank you for time. Thank you for seasons. Thank you for transitions. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be stewards of our time. And so with all the uh, relationship factors, Lord, in early dating and considering of dating, in us early stages of commitment and deep commitment and partnership and marriage, this time factor, Lord, is significant. So I pray for uh, clarity and instant need, recognition and communication individually and as couples as partners, Lord, to not allow this time situation or time issue or time construct to cause division, but to bring alignment and unity, peace and security. Lord, for those listeners out there are recognizing now, I got to speak up about these time issues. Just give them the trust of their instincts and to graciously and lovingly talk through this time elements with their partner, with themselves, with friends, to recognize, understand where their gift and language of quality time is and how to Make that a resource and a positivity. Pray blessing over all these conversations in the near future. Amen. Amen. Thank you, as always, for sharing a portion of your day with us. It means so much to us. If you have a second, head over to loveandlifemedia.com to grab your free Empowered Dating Playbook and to stay connected with us through our weekly newsletter. 
We're here to help us all align our mind, body, and spirit for empowered relationships. And until next time, make it a great week. Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen Anderson-Abram.